Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hey welcome back to driven radio your weekly escape from the turd cocktail that is 2020 it's <laughs> shaken and stirred <laughs> you know at baby. the same time that's, that's one of those you look at and you say nah i'm not drinking that yeah and uh, dirty <laughs> yes it is yep. indeed <laughs> oh, okay who had 12 seconds in <laughs> this thing's off the rails already i am your host brett hatfield here with our venerable engineer and co-host mr catfish grove your venereal engineer right here venereal, venereal. that's right <laughs> and the legendary mr Corey pratt of craving cars on youtube and that's me we are coming to you you from Driven Radio Studios in lovely Overland Park, Kansas, and the weather for August has been pretty doggone nice, kids. Not half bad. Nope, I have you looked at what they're saying it's going to do next week? No clue. Nope. They're talking high 70s all week long. Son of a gun. August you know in what? Kansas, high 70s. It's screwing my tomatoes, but the squirrels already took care of that, so I'm like, you know, <laughs> there you go. Look I, at those big, tall weeds I got. I have the solution for your squirrel problem. Talk to me after. Done. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. Better yet, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If there's something you'd like to hear or somebody you would like us to interview, please tell us. We'll go find them. Uh, send us pictures and stories about your cars. We're still waiting to see all those terrific cars you've got. The projects, your cruisers, your show cars, your racers, whatever you got in your garage. Uh, if you got a great story that's really cool or interesting, maybe we'll have you on as a guest. Send all your good stuff to brett at readthedriven.com. That's B-R-E-T-T at readthedriven.com. So, guys, what have we been doing in cars this week? Well, to be honest... A lot of editing. Editing. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, basically yeah. Oh, so. That. So now it's been over a week now that we've had any content out on 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 the channel, on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel. But craving cars been, on YouTube, yeah, by yes, the way, craving yes. cars. Tons ah. and tons of footage from the rally. Of course, being yeah. gone, I wasn't working on any video because I was out of town, mm-hmm. and then now I'm in town working on a bunch more. And I got a ton of other so projects have- to go, including with our buddy Ped. I have a feeling I'll probably get that out a little bit quicker than the other stuff, <laughs> just because I had already started that one, and it's more than halfway through, kind of get through. I, th- I should just push it through, so otherwise it's going to take another couple well, weeks. Well, I'm so, anxious to yeah. see it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mark? Nice. Well, I, uh, I made contact with Chris again from uh, last week's show. Uh-huh. Uh, and just the nicest guy. He is a peach. And I think he's going to run over to uh, Garland and check out that 65. Ooh, you really uh, talked him into that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, That's because he's nice and because I'm kind of pathetic. And he's like, huh, I wonder <laughs> if I could just make tactic. him shut up. I wonder if he takes some stray animals, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to that. And plus, I, uh, yeah, if I hear any word back from him this week, uh, I may take a trip into Columbia, Missouri. There's a 63 T-Bird. I am, uh, I'm getting, yeah, I'm really getting a little salty you, for it. Just, you know, seeing that red one. In uh-huh. Clinton, when I uh, when I was coming back uh, from Southern Missouri last weekend, and seeing a beautiful '63 T-Bird sitting there, glorious red, that thing was sharp. And the more I looked at it, the more I'm like, 
uh-oh. Haha, ha, you got hooked. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a cheetah on my Mopar girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, it's, it's looking pretty good. But Chris, yeah, definitely. Dude, you're, you're my hero. And I look forward to hearing your report, even if it's just another crap box that right. I dug out of this sandy cat litter you know. that is Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Well, it looked good in the picture. Yeah. In the pictures, it <laughs> yeah, did look good. they always? The it <laughs> did look really good. And we didn't see any you know rust over in the corner of the picture that somebody was trying to make sure didn't show up oh yeah that long shot from you've the front. got two things going for you here Hutzpah one it's stupidity. not owned by a preacher that we know of and two <laughs> it's arkansas. not arkansas not arkansas ah. and not a preacher that's wow it. yes uh, that's kind of like the magic that's <laughs> but, what else is there but to be honest on the last several that have been royal crap boxes they were owned both by preachers and in arkansas so, <laughs> so? it's kind of a double dip yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Unbelievable. Well, how about you, Brett? Uh, Monday night, Rhonda and I decided it'd be a good idea to wash every vehicle we own. Which means I just I just made a boat payment for some car wash owner. Uh, the pleasure of COVID romance. <laughs> and when COVID we wrapped romance. up, we dried the Corvette off, put the top down, and went for a drive, and had some guy try to kill us in the Corvette because he decided he wanted to drive in our lane with us. Uh, no check, no signal, no nothing. Just jerk that crap box Toyota right over in our lane. Was it? Was this it, is my lane now. Was, was it like Christmas vacation where he's like underneath the truck? <laughs> Not that lucky. <laughs> whipped right over in our lane. God. I was paying attention, thankfully. Good. And jammed on the brakes and did a panic stop in a car that's got five-inch wide bias ply tires on it and four-wheel <laughs> drum brakes. I am not a horribly religious person. I could be... <laughs> I could be described as an atheist, and I'm pretty sure I saw God. So we drove a little while further that night, trying to find some place that was open so we could get an ice cream cone. Of course, no places, because this is COVID town. COVID town. And uh, on the way back home, disappointed and ice cream free, had a skunk run out in front of the car and trying to commit suicide. Oh, dude, with the top down. Uh And that was another panic stop, jerk the wheel. (laughs) Could you Holy imagine if it flipped over the windshield and in the back of the car? No. <laughs> you ever seen how low skunks get to the ground? It almost looks like a pack of spiders running, you know? <laughs> they, they kind of walk real close to the ground. But anyway, yeah. we did not hit that. Good. And yeah, I also good. came to the realization that the seatbelts in that Corvette are not there to save your life. They're there so a first responder can find the corpse. <laughs> It's At least aesthetic, half of it. Yeah. Aesthetic reasons. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we've got some stuff that's coming up this week. Believe it or not, uh, we're starting to see more oh, cars yeah. and coffee. Car- uh, there's, there's one coming up Super at the museum excited. this weekend at yep. the Kansas City Automotive Museum. We're starting to see more v- events pop up on the calendar. There's an event coming from uh, the Express Rally event. The Ass- Essential Number 7 is coming yep. up August 22nd and the 23rd. It's a $3.99 entry for a team of two. A $100 deposit reserves your spot. You can register at expressrally.com. Do we, do we now want to forget about, and now it was this last weekend, but the second Saturdays of the month have the Fuel House have their Cars Coffee. Oh, yes. yeah, the Fuel House, yeah. the fuel, coolest place on earth. Yeah. Fuel House had uh, their get-together, and they've got another one coming up in August. Yep. There is some car stuff to go do out there, folks. It's not a ton. It's not like it, it usually is. Right. But if you look around, you can still find stuff to go do. And the great thing with, like with Express Rally and other rallies, Social distancing gets pretty easy. You're in your car. Yes. So one of the things that uh, if you want to find those, because 
I've now belonged to so many freaking groups on Facebook, but uh, there are so many wonderful groups. Just look up your town name and like car crews. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, my name Poughkeepsie car night yep. and uh, things will pop up and then you'll see links to those. And yeah, all of a absolutely. sudden you'll be, you know, absolutely. you know, up to your cars butt and- in car grass. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Every town has a cars and coffee. So. True. Uh, this week, we've got news about the first recall for the new Corvette for the stupidest Ooh. reason there's ever been. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> A legendary, down, a legendary classic car becomes a literal phoenix. Maserati gives the Quattroporte and Ghibli a new power boost. And a gorgeous Ring Brothers Mustang is up for grabs on Bring a Trailer. Our guest this week, Jim, will be here to discuss organizing auto events for charity, what makes Rally Across America different, and how you can bring a rally to your hometown. Well, we got a lot of news to get to, so let's get to it. Well, uh, Brett, I am sorry to uh, have to say this. No, you, it don't even be because this but, is the dumbest reason there's has ever recalled been. Dumbest recall ever on a on the C8 Corvette. The C8 Corvette has now had its first recall. Yeah, dumb. Recall. Well, well, they've only made so, like two of them. I so, mean, damn. No, no, it hasn't no, no, been no, out that long. On, there's been like five. No, no, no. <laughs> there's there's a whole bunch of them, and they're all being and passed around. Believe it or not, you know how I've been bitching about not being able to find a used one under hundred grand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a ton of them. On Auto Trader right now from car de- from Chevy dealerships who have ordered them and suddenly people aren't there. Oh, interesting. You can find because they what, bought one for You can grand. find the one LT base Corvettes for sixty six grand on Auto Trader. What? There you go, brand new. And, and then you'll have a nice fresh recall. <laughs> oh, how the mighty <laughs> have fallen! I, I'm hoping they'll fix it before it lands in your hands. So, so well, that's awesome news for people who want one. Yeah. Now that everybody's going, okay, what the hell's the damn recall? Okay, so. Chevy today, right? Well, a day of recording. In a sense? Um, yesterday, I think. Yesterday, okay. But by the Close time they, by the time everybody hears, it, yeah. it'll be a few days. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the issue here is for the 2020 model Corvette, of course. Um, they failed to uh, conform to the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety oh, Standard, which requires it. vehicles to have an interior trunk release in case someone gets trapped inside. Okay. Now, if you guys don't know, the Corvette does have two trunks. It's got a front and a rear trunk. A front and a rear. You have to be a 13-year-old <laughs> contortionist to get into the front trunk, first of all. If you're lucky. <laughs> so, and this is this really has to do with, because obviously the back one's not big enough for more than a briefcase, really. Well, no, no, no. The back one will hold two golf, two sets of golf clubs. Well, then. But you kind of have to shoot. You have to contort yourself like a snake to get into that right because they're pretty narrow on that one. So uh, this this goes to the front trunk. This put has differently, to, this talks nobody about sitting one. at this in this studio could do either one of them. No, I can get my uh, part of a leg in it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark and, and I would and probably a, need a step stool a to small get that bag. done. Okay, uh, from the factory, the new Corvettes enter a low power sleep mode ten minutes after it's been shut off okay but according to chevy the release button may not work when the car is in that mode basically what the recall is going to be is they're going to have to change do do like a software update to let that little trunk release button the little safety thing so if you get trapped in the trunk which no one's going to be uh give it a low voltage requirement so they can actually it'll so work there's no manual mode. release so after 10 minutes no, after the car electric. shut off if you're in the trunk you can't use the release thing to get out because it's electric so if you're wee man and you passed out in the trunk yeah. for a while and it's been more than 10 minutes since they shut the car off yep some of the cars won't let you open the trunk right all right from hemmings.com norman tim streamliner is going to rise from the ashes after the malibu wire wildfire that destroyed it this was i I remember reading about this yeah. and just going, no, no. Almost two years ago. Now, the Norman Tim Streamliner, if you're not quite sure what it is, uh, look it up because the pictures are amazing. Yeah, it was when it was re put back together after it had been just left.
left to rot for decades. And this guy found it and goes, oh, my God, and puts it back together. It's it's almost like a, a teardrop of blood going at 150 miles an hour. It's this beautiful sitting still. It looks like it is racing forward. And it's a mid-engine car with a Buick straight eight. Yeah. Oh, it's it's insane and wonderful. OK, um, enough remained in 2018. It was destroyed in the fires. Uh, and the guy who owned it, Gary Servany, uh, he had a collection of 76 rare and one off custom cars and that t- went away and a 21,000 square foot house. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And he's decided to save four of them. Two Rolls Royce Silver Ghosts, a belly tanker and the 1948 Norman Tim Streamliner. Now, one of the things that's really interesting is like, how could he do that? The car, uh, the body was made out of mainly hand-formed aluminum, yeah. and the body, it was gone. The frame was still there. And one of the interesting things about the cars that he's able to save versus other people, because other people had you know these amazing vehicles in their garages that were burnt to a crisp, but they can't do anything with them. Why? It's weirdly lucky that no um, the uh, fire department, yeah, fire department couldn't get up there. Couldn't get up there to do anything about it, so it cooled down naturally. If they had hit it with uh, the water, it would have warped it and twisted yeah, it. Yeah, boom, and there, and you couldn't you really couldn't have done anything yeah. with it. Yeah, that's well, awesome. The article, if you read it, said that the the Malibu Fire Department had so much going on, and you know, so many houses burnt up there a couple of years ago that they started just responding to the calls where there was imminent li- imminent danger to somebody's life. All the property calls, they just let go. And Norman Tim or uh, uh, Cervantes' house, thankfully, he and his wife were able to get out. But, uh, you know, all the cars were there. Yeah, all and all of them went away. And you can replace stuff. You can't replace yeah. people. But damn. So this guy, and he's my hero for doing this, is going to go on ahead and rebuild it. Now, the original builder, uh, Tim's, was a prolific engineer. He was known for his work on the Blue Crown spark plug. Uh, he worked on specials that won the Indianapolis 500 three years straight. He was a junior engineer for Preston Tucker. He designed much of the Halibrand catalog, including the company's famed quick-change rear axle. Guy was brilliant. Yeah. So he built this streamliner sometime in the mid to late 1940s. The chassis is one is four-inch chromoly. 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 Uh, chromoly tubing. Then it has what you mentioned earlier, the 47 Buick Straight 8 sitting behind the cockpit in the middle of a 117-inch wheelbase on this two-seater. Yeah, effing awesome. thing wow. is epic. He constructed a wooden buck for a two-seater roadster body that would have a few interruptions in the body lines. No door openings, no separate fenders, not even a hood or a roof. It's a two-piece body. Two-piece body that just kind of lifted up front, uh, fixed front section with a cockpit and a rear section that lifted up to access the engine. So it was a rear engine. Uh, Basic Roadster windshield, step plates, chrome bumpers, minimal grill uh, were all the adornment used. So it was these clean, swooping yes. Art Deco lines. Yes, it is gorgeous. It's just art. Daddy-like. It really is. It's pretty wild. Now, Cervini uh, or Cervini, uh, forgive me for mispronouncing your name, Gary. Uh, he anticipates that the restoration will only take 18 to 24 months. Wow. That's it. With another post-restoration debut of the Streamliner at Amelia Island, where it first debuted. By the way, he bought it in 2002 for $17,000 at a Barrett-Jackson auction. Can you imagine what that thing would be worth restored? Oh, it was worth a lot. And then it wasn't, but it will be again. Yes, it will. (laughs) And what a history. Right. All right. From the same place that we got the article for the uh, recall on the C8, Road and Track. 
Road and Track had a pretty good week this week. Yeah. So uh, the Maserati uh, Ghibli and the Quattroporte finally gets some real power. From a Ferrari V8, a 500-horsepower one. At Five, oh, 580. 580. I apologize. 580-horsepower Ferrari V8. Uh, Maserati has announced that the new uh, Trofeo trim level for its uh, Ghibli and Quadraporte sedans, the Trofeo trim packs the 580-horsepower Ferrari twin-turbo V8 and uh, reaching over 200-mile-an-hour top speed. How about that, huh? Yeah. That'll work. Uh, give you an idea. Uh, the, the the previous ones for the Ghibli and the Quattroporte. The Quattroporte had a 3.8 liter V8 with only 523 horsepower. So oh, that's, only. Only. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a bump there, right? But here's the thing. The Ghibli only had a 3 liter V6 twin turbo with 424 horsepower. Talk yeah, about thought, a bump. I thought it was going to be a heck of a kick for the Ghibli. And that's, that's, did... that's on the upper trim on the 424. Yeah. Obviously. But anyways... Heck of a bump, uh, most powerful engine ever fitted to either car, and the first time for a V8 in the Ghibli, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah. Um, torque is rated at 730 foot pounds. Lord. So when you I take off the neighborhood, the you, will, you will shift your uh, neighborhood slightly over to <laughs> yeah. one, one direction. Yeah, it'll tear your house in half. Uh, better come with a gift certificate for free tires. <laughs> I don't even know what size tire. They got to be putting some pretty big tires on these things. Yeah, I would think. Uh, we're talking to zero to sixty-two in about four point three seconds for the Ghibli, really? four point five for the bigger Quattroporte. Uh, now this is going to be a rear-wheel drive, so sure, uh, or that would be a lot faster if it wasn't. If it was an all-wheel drive system, but you know, eight-speed ZF automatic transmission and limited slip diff, which is going to be very well needed. But yeah, we're talking over two hundred mile an hour for these cars. Good lord! So quite a bump. Uh, awesome for Maserati for actually putting some good power in their you cars. You know, it, none of us are old. Old. We're not really old. Can you remember when the idea of a two hundred mile an hour car was just experimental or race car stuff? And yeah, it was all F one, right? Yeah, and now it's F U. Be some <laughs> limited limited edition stuff where yeah, there's two cars made. Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, from Muscle Cars and Trucks, we've got news about the Ring Brothers Mustang Copperback looking for a new home. It's on Bring a Trailer. Have you seen it? <laughs> I need it's to, on Bring a Trailer. Yeah, any of us can I bid apologize. on this, except you're going to have to have some really deep pockets. Uh, rest of mods are, right, are white hot right now. A few people do them better than Ring Brothers do. Uh, their creations are generally better looking, higher quality, and more extreme than most. They've racked up numerous SEMA awards. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got their builds are incredible. I've I've never seen a Ring Brothers thing that you didn't look at and think, how in the hell they do that? <laughs> uh, anyway, you got a chance to buy one now on Bring a Trailer. Uh, the '67 Mustang Copperback is for sale, and uh, I I checked for it. Uh, I checked on it earlier today. Yeah, we could all three go in, and we're not going to get there. Uh, so not maybe a badge. <laughs> we might be able to get the Ring Brothers to make us that. <laughs> uh, it's a modified '67 Ford Mustang fastback. It's got a lot of carbon fiber, a complete, completely reworked interior, a Roush Performance 427, and only has 150 miles on the clock. So essentially, a yeah. brand new, right. new, super new, awesome new car. Uh, the donor Mustang was completely rebodied and fitted with carbon fiber hood and rear trunk panel. Side air, air intakes were widened and reshaped. The bumpers were shortened. Uh, on the front end, it's got a new grille and fascia design. The back has a subtle little ducktail on it with rear side exit exhaust. The car is this really cool copper burnt orange metallic color. That just uh, sounds cool. Actually. Like I said, it's got a Roush 427 with aluminum cylinder heads, fuel injecting it, injection, and ceramic coated MagnaFlow exhaust headers. They did not say what the output is on it. Really? But with a modified Roush 427, do you think it's going to be weak? 
At least 200. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm guessing well north of five. I would say so at least, right? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's got a Tremec five-speed uh, Curry Ford nine-inch rear and uh, suspension from Chassis Works, total control on the front end with triangulated four-link rear and ride tech coilovers all the way around. It's been widened. Oh, so you found it. I looked line. it up. And what's the magic number, Mr. Mark? 560 horsepower. So, yeah, you're right. Well north of 500. Yeehaw. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's no, it's no Ferrari V8. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, well... Uh, because, because it's potent, putting out 560 yeah. horse, the fenders have been widened to fit massive 255, 30 uh, tires up front. Yep. 305, 30s Ooh, in the back. Uh, Michelin right. Pilot Sports, nice and sticky. Those will pick up everything on the street. Uh, braking <laughs> yeah. comes from 15-inch calipers up front, 14-inch in the back, and they are okay. bare 6S monoblock calipers. Uh, interiors full of tan and black leather, and it's just about everything in there is covered in leather. And there's a lot of solid aluminum and carbon fiber accents. At the time of recording, like this yep. afternoon when I was writing this up, bidding was at $135,000. There are six days left to go. They'll double that if they put Craigers on it. I'm pardon just me. saying. I, <laughs> pardon me. Eight days, left, SS's, baby. eight days left to go on this sucker. <laughs> uh, given Ring Brothers' attention to quality and detail, the final sale price will likely be worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. It, will. it will. It's pretty. Do you have a prediction of what that might get up to? Uh, a lot more than we can swing. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Our special guest this week is Jim Petty. He's the founder of Rally Across America. Jim will be here to discuss organizing auto events for charity, what makes Rally Across America so different, and how we can bring one to our hometown, how you can bring one to your hometown. That would be cool. All this and much more is coming up on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our special guest this week is Jim Petty. He's the founder of Rally Across America. Jim has owned about every kind of really cool car you can own. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the stuff that makes the three of us go, ooh, ooh ah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, along with his wife, Wendy, founded the Alden Sherman Classic Car Show. The show ran from 2012 to 2016 in support of the Weston Senior Center. They managed to raise close to 200 thousand dollars over those years nice. as Great. well as being able to buy a bus for the center and remodeling the senior center uh, jim and wendy are founders of rally across america a series of rallies aimed at raising funds for local charities their objective this year obviously is to encourage and facilitate raising funds for local charities affected by covid19 nice. jim welcome to driven radio thanks for having me so when and how did your love of cars begin it started way back when I was when I was a young kid. I was about four or five years old, and and my uh, my parents uh, moved us down to South Jersey, where no one really lived yet. And um, uh, they came up with the idea that you know there isn't a hardware store, so they opened a hardware store. And um, my mom, she's a kind of an entrepreneur in certain ways. She said, you know what, we need to sell more than hardware here. So she brought in everything from housewares to you know, different types of things, but she also brought in a small toy department. 
And with that came the Matchbox cars. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> uh, they are. That's it. Every, every new series of Matchbox cars, I got the series. And, no kidding. Um, and nice. that, that was really where, where the whole thing started. And, and then it evolved into HO cars. You know, we loved our HO oh, yeah. track cars. And uh, I can, you know, I can still remember my favorite HO car. It was a blue Cheetah. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I loved that car. And then, of course, you know, we used to get the hop-up kits mm-hmm. and carve the wheel wells up. So, anyway, so that was, as a kid, I just I just fell in love with, you know, the beauty of the automobile, and, and, and I just loved everything about it. Nice. What was your first car? First car, I uh, I grew up in New Jersey, so got my license when I was 17. And, you know, they didn't – today, watch my kids get their license, and you have to go to a school and all that. I, you know, I basically – you know, my dad taught me in the, par- in the driveway in the parking lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we made a deal, and I traded him my Schwinn 10-speed bike for his car. He was wow. a school He was a school teacher. Now, don't, don't get excited. It wasn't much of a car. <laughs> oh, man. He was a school teacher, and it was his commuting car. It was a 64 Chevy Bel Air. And okay. it had more cancer on it than you can imagine. <laughs> and it, it yeah. was a six-cylinder, um, oh. so it wasn't. It didn't go fast, but it had a basic. I call it not only my first car, but it was really my first apartment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was wonderful, and I didn't have a radio, so a little transistor radio hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah. Guilty. It, it was uh, it was, and I uh, my my body work consisted of me cutting out the rust and spraying it with gray rustoleum. So, but it it, it lasted uh, it lasted for that was in January I got that, and it lasted until spring when I was driving by a dealership. And saw a blue with a black vinyl roof uh, Barracuda, and uh, um, and there's a story with that one too. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was you know I was I was an enterprising kid, so I was always working, and I saved up enough money from paper routes and washing cars and mowing lawns. Saved up twelve hundred dollars, paid twelve hundred dollars for the car. It was it wasn't a Cuda, it was a Barracuda, but it had a three eighty three with the pistol grip shift okay. and oh. um, I had it for 12 days and on the 12th day I decided I'm going to see how fast this thing really goes so oh. I was uh, I was living in Jersey at the time and I got up to 105 miles an hour on the uh, Bridge Avenue extension and noticed that the road was coming to an end so <laughs> stepping on the brakes car pulled left into the oncoming lane letting off the brakes get back over in my lane and at that point, I had no choice but to lock them up. So after a couple spins, I hit the very last tree on the road right before it would have crossed oh. the oncoming traffic. <laughs> oh, my God. Doggone it. Oh, my God. Car slams into the tree on the passenger side. I, it was like slow motion. All the glass in the car pulverized. And as I oh, climbed man. out of the car, the guy who, sold, who owned the car before me is waving as he's driving by. Oh, so, 12 days, $1,200. Thanks. The guy Pat. who rode the car before me drives by and, uh, and waves. But, yeah, that, that was one of my, um, you know, we all had them. 
Why I was day. doing that, I have no idea. Um, but, <laughs> but it was it was twelve days of joy before we, we, I, you know. We all know exactly right. why you were doing that. We all did the same dumb crap. Oh yeah, I got that nineteen fifty five Plymouth of mine. Uh, my very first car was a nineteen fifty five Plymouth Savoy. I got it up to ninety eight miles an you hour. Did not. And I swear to God, it was like driving a magic fingers bed with too many quarters in it. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I, I am so lucky that. I didn't do exactly what you did because, uh, oh, my God. When I was 19, I got that 60 Corvette up to 125 because I wanted oh to see how fast God, it would go. That, we, we just last segment talked about the four disc brakes and the, oh, uh, the bias plies. The four bi- drum brakes. Yeah. Oh, my God, drum yeah. brakes, yeah. And oh. the, the nose got light and kind of squidgy and changed lanes on me. And even at 19, when you're all testosterone and no brain... <laughs> My my head woke up and said, that's fast enough. We don't need to see any more. Moments of clarity. Yeah. Well, I've had the thing up over a buck several times, but I've never come close to 125 in it again. No. Uh, that's, a, that's an unusually tight pucker on the lower end. Uh, yeah. Jim, how did you yeah. get... How did you get involved in organizing charity car events? Well, Wendy, uh, she's the director of the senior center here in town. Okay. And when, when we moved here, and, you know, my career moved me around. I'm, I'm a retailer, so I spent my career with the Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, a bunch of limited divisions and so forth. And it took yeah. me around to a number of different places. If only you'd and worked for time, somebody we've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> so every, every time we would move, Wendy would take on some form of charity work and the same thing held true here. We moved to Weston, Connecticut and um, she had the opportunity to do some work with the social services department. And uh, when the position for the senior center director opened up, they approached Wendy and and said, you know, would you like to take the position? So she stepped up and did. And uh, it was, it was a disaster to put it mildly, you know, it, it needed a lot of help. It was in an old school and, and, and we decided, well, we can make a difference here, but we needed funds. And, and at the time, I had become somewhat involved in the local car community. And, and in Connecticut, there's a very deep and rich car community. And I don't mean rich, you know, just how much cash they have in their pocket, but it's yeah. just a lot of great car folks around here. Very cool. So um, uh, we decided, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea to try a car show. So we decided to, uh, to do it at the end of the summer. And this is the first year that the Fairfield Concours event had been canceled, which was a great regional Concours event Mm -hmm. held by Bill Scheffler. And it was just, I mean, it was that my summer was bookended when I moved here by the Greenwich Concours at the beginning of the summer and the Fairfield Concours at the end of the summer. And now that the end of the summer one was gone, I called the guys up and said, listen, um, I know you're not going to use that weekend. I'd like it because I'd like to do a car show. If you ever want it back, let me know. I'll be courteous and and we'll do that, which they never did. But they did um, offer up some support in getting it going. John Shuck, who has since passed, was the director of operations for for the event. And he came to my first meeting. So we said, listen, let's try to do a a car show and see if we can raise some money for for the uh, senior center. And um, the first thing I was told was, don't get your hopes up too high because these things take a while before you make any money. Yeah. 
I didn't want to believe that. And, um, and I didn't believe it. So I figured I just wouldn't spend any money. So we literally put it on for free. Everybody from the security donated their time. We got the porta potties donated, the school donated time, the local law enforcement donated time. So we literally didn't spend a penny. And that first year we netted over $25,000. Oh, that's wow. fantastic. Yeah, as a, as a first take. And then we held it over the ensuing years and, and you know, took in just under $200,000 in the years that we held it. Um, and the, uh, the, the cool part about it was um, I didn't know what to call it. And the Weston car show just wasn't doing it for me. So there was a local <laughs> car guy by the name of Alden Sherman. The first time I met Alden, I actually didn't meet him. The first time I saw him, I was driving down Weston Road. And back, we live in the country back here. And these are all just little windy roads. And, and Wendy is in the passenger seat. And I'm looking up ahead. And I notice off on the berm on the oncoming side of the road, there is a red car pulling something behind it. And as I approached, I realized it was a red Jaguar pulling this yellow thing. And as I passed it, I go, I think that's a Bugatti. Well, sure enough, it was a Type 37 Bugatti. (laughs) And Alden at the time was, I guess, 90? And he is uh, being pulled by a rope. Joe, his girlfriend, is driving the Jag. He's in the Bugatti being pulled back home and broken down someplace. That's awesome. And when my wife said, who is that? And I said, that's the car guy I want to be someday. That's my new best friend. (laughs) And and, and Alden did become a very, very dear friend. And he actually had two Type 37s and a Type 57. 50, 57, 54, 554, right? That's um, anyway, and he, I think he paid $10,000 for the whole lot. And in the day, it was, they were all parts, but Alden was, Alden was an incredibly skilled guy, all self-educated. Um, his claim to fame was he, um, he, he invented a machine that stamped blades for turbine engines. And his machine cut the cleanest blades. And at one point, he had Pratt & Whitney, um, GE and Rolls Royce all sewed up. Oh my God! All of, yeah, so he did. Re- he he just punched out millions of these blades, and um, but I became a, a very close with him. He passed a couple years ago, but he was still driving that Type Thirty Seven until he was late in those nineties. Wow, that's, that's amazing! Awesome. That is so cool. So I approached him and I said, listen, Alden, um, I want to call it the Alden Sherman Classic, and in classic Alden terms he looked at me and said what the hell would you want to do that for? <laughs> and, and i said alden because you're the car guy we all want to be and and i oh. i told him i was honest with him i said listen alden you carry weight in the area and i know that if i name it after you people are going to have to come which worked in fact <laughs> um the first year i was standing next to uh, another local town um, individual his name's miles morris miles is a very serious high-end broker of uh, classic automobiles and I'm standing next to him and in comes this orange car and I looked at him and I go that's an Aston Martin DB3S and hmm. he I said it, you know, I knew he would know I lean over and I said is that real I said yeah that was the one that just traded at Pebble a few months or a few weeks earlier so um so we had an amazing 
group of cars show up. Yeah. Wow. Um, no kidding. Something you wouldn't typically find in a high school parking lot. No. <laughs> and, and Alden was the, the big catalyst, and it was because of the, the car community that we have here. So we ran that show for, you know, a, a number of years, as, as you noted, and it was a great success. But it ran its course, like many of these shows do. Yeah. And when they run their course, it's hard to find somebody to want to take it over. And, um, and I, I, I just couldn't find anybody. And I, I had kind of been done with it at that point. So, so we moved on. Uh, but that was the very first time we, we jumped into it. And then, um, you know, coming into this period of time, you know, Wendy and I found ourselves doing like many of us did the first couple of weeks of the you know, pandemic. And we were watching way too much news. Mm-hmm. And, um, while doing so, I just, I, I turned to her and I said, you know, I, I'd, I'd really like to do something. And um, the, the help that's going to be needed is going to be needed at the tail of this. It's going to be the service workers. It's going to be the people that live in the less fortunate communities that are really going to feel the brunt of it, or at least that was my opinion. And I said, you know, the last thing they need is another 61-year-old guy standing on a food line helping out to make himself feel good. And sure. said, what they really need is funds. So we came up with the idea to, uh, to put together this concept of Rally Across America. And, um, and uh, we, you know, we did a little math. And, and you know, I figured out that you know, if we were all able to come together in our local communities and get together with our car guy and gal friends and do little rallies, you know, rallies is a kind of a generous term. They're, they're coffee runs, you know, yeah. and a little hour and a half, two hour cruises through the country roads. Um, and if we asked for the people who participated to ante up, a, a, you know, a little cash, maybe we could do something. So I put together the first rally and my target was 25 cars, a hundred bucks a piece and raised $2,500. And then I kind of just said, well, listen, if we roll this out the right way and we do, eight rallies a state in the 22 to 25 week car season. This quickly rolls up to a million bucks if we can each do $2,500. So it sounded like a simple idea. And um, so we we held our first one. We ended up raising um, over $3,000. I think $3,150 I think we raised in our very first rally. We had a little over 30 cars show up. We um, were fortunate enough to have uh, Joe Michelli, who is our local police officer, who is a liaison with the community regarding all things COVID related. And he was there. Uh, We all complied socially and distanced and had a wonderful time, came back and, and, and that was it. That was a success. Um, Haggerty came and they gave out some swag and uh, had local photographer. Um, He's, he's, he's known in the, in the publications um, his name is Sean Smith. He donated his time, and, and it turned out very, very well. So we figured, you know, what can we do to make this thing take off? So we, uh, we you know, kind of logged in the name, registered it, uh, Rallies Across America, Rally Across America, and, and we started just pushing it out. And um, in doing so, we we gotten some wonderful participation by a few people. Lily Prey is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in uh, the Boulder, Colorado area. She's already held two rallies. Um, um, uh, uh, Bernie Martin um, out of uh, Pittsburgh, who handles the uh, the uh, rally that they have every year. I think it's a week long Italian event. 
Um, he put together the website for us. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Um, Tom Truitt is another local guy that has helped us out. Doug Zumbach over at Zumbach's Coffee in New Canaan, where we usually hold our caffeine, our, our caffeine and carburetors, which are not happening now. Uh, he's allowed us to take off from there on a couple rallies and has been a nice um, donation uh, resource. So we uh, we just started rolling this thing out, and and, it, and it's taken off quite well so far. We've raised uh, just under thirty thousand. Nice. We have um, uh, been either in or about to be in ten states as we are pushing it across the country, and uh, the idea is just to keep it very very simple, and to uh, to have all of the funds um, that are donated go directly to a local community need. And this year, we're asking for it to be um, something to do with uh, the pandemic. And, and that is, in fact, what's happened. So it's, uh, it's very simple. Um, and uh, we've you know, got our website up and running. And the whole idea is to, um, to keep it as basic as possible. I think I even put on the website, you know, check your egos at the door. Yeah. This isn't about white linens. Yeah and swag and everybody feeling good. This is about having every penny that is handed in that morning of the rally to go directly to the local charity of choice. And, and that is in fact, what's been done. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite successful so far and, and really gratifying for, for both Wendy and I. So you've got rules for the rally uh, real quickly, tick them off. What are the rules for organizing one of these? It's really simple. There, there, there are three rules. Number one, you have to use our logo. And, and the reason for that is I believe that if we can create a national presence, then this will have life after 2020. Okay. Um, so you have to use our logo. Number two, you have to keep it basic and simple. And that means no white linens, no ego driven things, no free lunches, whatever anybody does, they pay for in addition to whatever charitable donation they make. Now we ask for a hundred dollars, but if a person doesn't have a hundred dollars, it doesn't matter. They're welcome anyway. Whatever. It's, it's all about the camaraderie. It's all about inclusiveness. So come on board. So number one, our, our logo. Number two, keep it simple. And number three, every penny has to drop completely unburdened to the charity of choice. Okay. And if you can meet those three rules, you can play. And then we ask for um, a recap of the event so that we can publicize it and create kind of what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, a, a point of interest, a critical mass that people can feel as though they're connected to and as a result want to be part of it. Um, so, so we really took what everybody was going to be doing anyway um, in their small groups of friends and, and harnessed it as a way of creating a philanthropic initiative to, to help people in need. And again, this year, you know, COVID-19 is the charity of choice. But on a go-forward basis, hopefully we're past this by next summer, and, and we'll identify another uh, charity of need to, to create as the cause. And, and we're very loose about it. Um, some of the charities, for example, have gone in a direction that wouldn't seem like it's directly related to the pandemic. But it's been brought to my attention that with the pandemic – um, really going on, it's taken the wind out of the sails of so many other charitable yeah. organizations that are now feeling in need as a result of it. So we also, so we, we keep it a very broad, sweet spot. 
And, um, and again, the, the idea is to not make it an administrative nightmare, um, just to keep it really simple, fun, try to keep the cars down to 25 to 30 so that it doesn't become, you know, a traffic jam situation and just let her rip and have a good time. And so far, so good. There's been no complaints. Everybody's had a great time. What are your long-term nice. goals for the rally? Well, if you go to our website, you'll see we've got a thermometer. I, you know, I, I learned when we were trying to raise money for the bus that if you put a thermometer with a number on it, you get there. So our number looks somewhat lofty, but I, I think it's a million-dollar goal. Um, I, I'd like to see Rally Across America become something that is a, you know, a staple within the car enthusiast community that goes on. You know, For example, when I registered the logo, I registered it without 2020 because next year it's going to be 2021 sure. and each year thereafter so that we can build a mechanism to allow people to do some good and not have to worry about funds being burdened or where the funds are going. Um, early on in my experience with this one, I was invited to be part of a much larger fundraising organization. And um, I went and met with them and they're wonderful people. Don't get me wrong. They do, they do some great work, but I didn't see any value in becoming part of something that would only create an administrative burden on what we were trying to do. Sure. So um, by keeping it local, there's very little administration. Wendy and I and Marty and Lily and Tom, we, we pretty much administrate the whole thing. Um, and eventually, as it becomes bigger, we'll have to figure out a way to, to fund it somewhat. But that will never come from the local rallies. We hope to have corporate sponsors be able to help out with that. Um, when we create a large enough critical mass to be uh, appealing to them. So, so that, that's really it in a nutshell. How would somebody go about organizing one in their hometown? Well, the first thing we'd like to ask people to do is to become a uh, rally ambassador. And that is what Lily has become, for example. In fact, I call her our head ambassador. And she's recruiting ambassadors. So if you can get an ambassador in a particular area, that ambassador reaches out to the local car clubs, to their friends, to the local caffeine and carburetors, to the PCA um, in the local area, whoever it may be, and say, okay, let's come in and let's get 25 to 30 together and, and make it happen. It's really as simple as that. You go to our website and there is what we call rally in a box. One of the things I learned being a retailer when you've got a thousand stores out there and you'd like to go to bed at night thinking most of them are doing what you want them to do when they're supposed to do it. You have to really, and I I don't mean this in a negative way, but you need to dumb it down. You need to keep it as simple as you possibly can. So we've created a rally in a box and it's really just a list of suggestions. Contact your local police department, make sure that they know about it so that you're not getting phone calls that you didn't expect. Make sure you're practicing social distancing the way you're supposed to. Don't spend money. Do not burden it at all. So there's a list of suggestions that you go by to follow. It takes any of the brain work out of it, and you just make it happen. And it's just dialing up friends, virally communicating it through our car community, and, uh, and allowing it to take on its own life. And, uh, and it's really that simple. So anybody can become a, um, an ambassador. Anybody can hold a rally. Um, and it can be any kind of car group. Most of the cars that have been in mine have been air-cooled because that's kind of what I'm into right now and most of my friends are. Um, but, uh, but, you know, anything from Ferraris, Jags, you name it. I mean, we've had people hop in with their brand-new 
you know, Subaru. It's fun. Come on in, be part of it. Let's go for a ride and enjoy it. You mentioned air-cooled cars. What is in your collection right now? Right now, um, and, and I, I moved all to Porsche. I, I retired about five years ago. And, and, and when I retired, I realized if I was going to do this in my retirement and not leave my wife, who is younger than me, without anything when I die, <laughs> I needed to figure out a way that was maybe somewhat more cost manageable. So I said, I've got to get down to one mark. And at the time I was Jag, Ferrari, Porsche, all kinds of different things. And I loved it, still love all those cars. But I always came back to Porsche. Whenever I wanted a car that was working, I came to a Porsche. (laughs) And when I needed it repaired, it wasn't necessarily cheap, but it didn't break the bank like the Ferraris. You know, rebuilding a Dino engine is, is, is not a cheap date. And I was looking at those type of things. So I whittled my collection back, and, and now I'm down to, I've got a, uh, let's see if I can remember it in order here. I've got a 97 993 Turbo, oh. uh, very low mileage car, 23,000 mile car. I've got, um, right now um, I'm looking at my uh, 1960 Super 90 Roadster 356. I love mm. 356s. Mm. I just, I've always loved them. And um, they're great rally cars. You know, I'm not a real big guy, but they're roomy. They, they, they do what they're supposed to do. They handle beautifully. So I've got my 60 Super 90 Roadster sitting right below that. Behind the computer is a 58 um, 356 Sunroof Coupe um, that has been outlawed. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very fun car. In fact, this car, it's not an Emory outlaw. So go on record and say it's not an Emory. But it was stylized by Rod. Um, this was a car that was uh, Gary, Rod's dad's friend's car. And uh, Gary had moved to, I guess, Portland, Oregon. And uh, he sent the car down to Rod and said, listen, the engine's done. So it's got a uh, 9, 912 hot rodded engine. And um, Rod stylized to put the GT mirrors on it, redid the interior, worked the suspension and so forth. So again, it's not an Emory Outlaw. It doesn't carry the Outlaw badge that he provides as much as I tried to get him to give me one. Um, I, I couldn't buy that out of them, but it, it's it's a beautiful car. It's um, um, I absolutely love it to death. Does everything it's supposed to do the way it's supposed to do it. So it's, nice. it's probably about 130 horsepower, but the car oh, weighs that's, nothing. Right. That's the only in that car. That, for that car. It's it's, it's a hopped up engine. Uh, the only glass in the car is the front windshield. Oh wow! Everything wow. else is flexing. Wow. Um, and then uh, to my right is my '73 911e. Um, that is um, finally the way I want it. Um, I've, I've been working on this one for a while. Um, so had the engine rebuilt, the transmission rebuilt. The car looked beautiful when I got it, but needed to have some work put into it. Um, but it's, it's, now, it's now running beautifully. And then I've got my, um, my 73, also 73 911S Targa. Um, and that one's out having some work done on it. And um, the only other car I have right now is a, and this one's not air-cooled, but I've got a 65 Sunbeam Tiger that's being restored. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yes, I like those. Uh, I think we're all fans of your collection. So (laughs) far, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You had us at hello. Uh, (laughs) The the last question that I ask everybody, and it usually gets the best story, is what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, jeez. 
You mean besides going 105 and hitting a tree? Well, if you got one, if you got one better than that, we're all ears. You know, um, so many of them, and, and you know, I, I I've been very honest with my boys, you know, and I, I, I because I said don't do what Dad did, but you know, we've all got our our stories that we can still think about and make our hands sweat. Oh yeah, so we've all got oh those. yeah. <laughs> Well, I've got a couple of those. Um, I would say probably, you know, again, growing up in New Jersey, I grew up in, in Ocean County, New Jersey, which is down around Point Pleasant in Bricktown. And um, once you got to it, and I, the drinking age when I grew up was 18. Mm-hmm. So we would go to the local bars in Ocean County that closed at one. But the bars in Monmouth County closed at two. Now, we were too stupid to go there first and work our way back. <laughs> so we'd start local, and then 15 minutes before, you know, well, we'd know when last call, the lights would flicker. We'd all oh, run sure. out to our cars, and we would drive as fast as we could north to Monmouth so we'd have another hour at the bars. And then on the way back, we'd take the Jersey Parkway. And myself and my friend Tommy Jessamaria – I had a, at the time I was driving a, a 72 Chevelle Super Sport. The last year of the good body style, mm-hmm. the 402, they took the 396 and made it a 402. So it would comply to emissions issues a little bit differently. Had the cowl induction. It was beautiful. Absolutely loved the car. And Tommy had a 69 Camaro. So we would <sighs> rip down the parkway in New Jersey, locked bumper to bumper. Oh, no. Going way, way faster than we should have, uh-huh. zipping through the toll booths. Oh, God. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, oh no. Yeah. Oh, they didn't man no. the toll booths after a certain time. Yeah, so I, I would have to say that that was probably one of the dumbest things. Um, we'd also come alongside each other. And, you know, it was back in the day, and maybe we'd be smoking a little something. And then and we would hand it oh my God. through the passenger window. <laughs> kind of saw this coming, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. so, it went from so, a cigar to a roach at ninety miles an hour. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know, so so those those are uh, those are a couple of the things that I I don't want to say I'm proud of. I'm proud that I lived. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm uh, here to talk about it. Um, but I would say those are those are a couple. And Tommy, uh, Tommy, I was he was my first contemporary that I lost. Tommy, Tommy passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, but um, yeah, he was he was my uh, he was my lifting partner and my car partner. We we just uh, we did too many dumb stuff. Dumb yeah, things. given what little you've told us, it's amazing either of you made it this long. Yeah, well played. <laughs> it, it, it really, it really is. Fortunately, as I've gotten older, I've become much less uh, uh, adventurous or stupid, maybe. Uh, you know, wisdom wiser, is learning but, from those things, hopefully. Yeah, it's called self-preservation. <laughs> yeah. I would like to Oh, believe live. me, I've got the scars to prove it. Oh. You know, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got more broken bones than you can, than most people are, are, are willing to admit. Um, I, 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 I think maybe we've bailed some of the same water out of the same boat. <laughs> hey, Jim, it took a while to get you here, but man, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the show we're glad we had you on and i'm going to be pestering you about what it takes to do one of these rallies in kansas city please do 
And uh, again, it's for a great cause and it's simple. And uh, I really appreciate you uh, you having me on and allowing me to think about it. We've been all speaking right. to Jim Petty about Rally Across America. You can find all of Jim's social media links as well as all of those for Rally Across America on www.readthedriven.com. Jim, thank you so much for being on Driven Radio. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.